Well, I do bring uh, greetings and love from Rugeley Community Church to you all. And uh, I didn't know till Phil said yesterday that he was uh, basing worship around God's love. And that's really what I want to speak to you about this morning is the love of God. The love of God that he has for us, for one another, and for our neighbours and friends, for those that don't know Jesus. And uh, I did bring this word some months back to Rugeley. I'd been very stirred in a, a preach that uh, Eric Roy, one of our leaders, um, who's on the Borderlands regional team, uh, brought in regards to Joseph, about the life of Joseph. I was just so struck. He was a man that just loved the Lord so much. In whatever circumstance he was in, whatever situation he was in, you know, he was able to forgive others that had done him much wrong. He was able to actually forgive himself through the Lord's love for what had gone on in his life. And I just had a real sense of God wanting to draw us deeper into his love. You know, whatever season we're going through, I believe that God is looking for that consistency with his love for each one of us. You know, and unfortunately, being human, we can blow like a fan heater. We're sometimes hot and we're sometimes cold. But, you know, Jesus spoke to two of the churches out of the seven about the love that they had. The first one was doing lots of work, great service for him. But his charge to them was that actually where was their first love? Where was their love for him? He actually wasn't interested in the love, uh, the work they were doing. He's interested in the love that they were doing. Then the, the second church, the charge to them was that they were lukewarm. You know, and to him, the taste of that in his mouth made him want to vomit. Now, that's strong words from the Lord. But actually, you know what it's like if you eat a half-warm pasty. It doesn't always taste as good. It's better cold or it's better actually hot. So God's desire is that we have that love that is hot for him, that actually tastes sweet to him in his mouth. And God is such an encourager. And as we'll see... You know, if we're loving him with all our hearts, we cannot love but help but love those around us. John thirteen thirty four, love one another. This was a new command that Jesus gave. And the only way we're going to fulfill that command is through our love for God. And if we're doing that, that will actually produce two fruits in us. We will be able to love those around us. And as we do that, loving one another, we will live in greater unity with one another. And it says where unity dwells, there the blessing of the Lord dwells also. But also it has a second effect, a second outworking. If we're loving the Lord with all our hearts, we love those around us. But actually we will bear fruit in loving those that are not with us within the family, those who are outside, those who don't know Jesus. So let's start by taking a look at living our lives in and out of seasons. I do apologise if some of these are going to come big. I'm not sure how they're going to come up now, but let's see. Yeah, well, that's not too much. <laughs> if I've got any spelling mistakes, you'll be definitely able to see them on that. Okay. Right. You know, the season for us, the last season at uh, Rooty Community Church, has been quite a tough one in what we've been through. And I'm sure many of you know the circumstances of that. And it was a season that carried uh, much hurt, much pain, and much emotion. And it's very easy at times like this for relationships to become very strained or teared because of the pressure that we all live in. 
And it's a time when Satan likes nothing more than to come and have a rip or a prod or a thud into those that are there. It's a time when misunderstandings come, become very to the fore. And it's a time when it seems like things can be rubbed up the wrong way. Things that are said become out of context with each other. Yet for us, God was gracious. In the love that we have for God and the way that God moved in his spirit, we came through that season. And we could say as a leadership team at the end, you know, well done, Rougie Community Church, to the folks here in loving the way that you have loved each other through this season. And that wasn't done in their own strength. That was done by the love they had for the Father. But we all face different seasons. We all face different times. We all face different circumstances. We know seasons of blessings. We do know seasons of dryness when we feel that nothing seems to be happening. I don't feel that that I felt in other times. We know tough seasons. I'm sure we can all share testimony of tough seasons in this room. But again, God is looking for a people who are consistent with him in their love for him, no matter what a season is. But also in that consistency, a consistency of loving one another. It's not about shutting down into our own world. We are family built in together. But loving one another isn't a choice. It's a commandment from Jesus, actually. I should have done this in another color, perhaps. <laughs> John thirteen thirty four says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. It's a commandment that we need to be outworking at all times in our life. Paul says in Timothy 2.4, be prepared in season and out of season. And yes, Paul was relating to that to Timothy in preaching, but actually we need to be that prepared in our hearts, whatever season we are going through. You know, we are called to be a people who are vigilant, alert, watchful, and on our guard in loving one another. And this continuing to be alert needs to be a way of life. Not just at times. Because, you know, we need to remind ourselves the sort of world that we're living in. It's a fallen world whose values are opposite to God's values. We are surrounded with and have to contend with. (laughs) You'll have to bend down and look at that. (laughs) The world's way of thinking. You know, we live in a world that encourages us to get everything we can for ourselves. Me, myself, I. Look after number one. Our preferences, our rights, putting ourselves first. And you know, if your rights are not validated, sue and get compensation. You've got a right to do that. Me, myself, I. And you know, Satan's ever so subtle with us. This is a world that we live in and can rub off onto us. And it might only be little drips. It can come through conversations, what we see in our workplace, the adverts that come at us through the telly. But they're like little drips of what we see, we read and we hear. And no, little drips on their own are nothing. But you leave something dripping. If you leave a tap dripping at home, it soon becomes a little puddle within the bowl that actually grows and grows. And if the source is not stopped, if the drip is not turned off, 
Something that starts as a little puddle actually becomes something that you cannot cross because it's grown. And then before we know it, it's something that floods into our lives. It becomes our way of life. So we need to be on guard that we don't take on the world's way of thinking. And how do we do that? By a life walk that focuses and is thinking on the first love, our first love, who is God. We're not to act as the world lives, me, myself, I. We are called to live the complete opposite in how the world lives. We are called to come together to live in unity. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Unity of the Spirit, but also unity of attitude, desires, and affections. When the interest of all parties, of all of us, are concentrated, cemented, and sealed by the Holy Spirit. This is what God is looking for in his church. You know, when he walks through the orchard of his churches, he doesn't look for the height of the branches to see how high they are. He looks to see how deep the roots go. Because actually in the depth, like with a tree, with the depth that the roots go, it will bear much more fruit than a tree that's got shallow roots. Whatever the season, whatever the world says, we need to be rooted in the commands of the Lord Jesus that we may bear fruit for him. A new command Jesus gave us, love one another. But you know, we will not constantly work that out in our own strength. And we will not be engaging in that if we don't work out the first and greatest commandment of all, which is love the Lord with all your heart. Mark twelve thirty says, love the Lord. The greatest, first and greatest commandment Jesus says this was, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. You know, if we are failing to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, will we will ultimately fail in loving one another. We will ultimately fail in loving our neighbours. And as we touched on a bit yesterday, why is that? Well, shock horror, we are human. Now, if anyone's not, please put their hand up here this morning and we can pray for you. But we are human with emotions and feelings. And you know, if we're relying on emotions and feelings, we will always let others down. There will always be an element of me, myself, I. This is why we need to love God. That's why he encourages us to love him with all of our hearts. Out of out that love for him, not out of our emotions or feelings. And you know, this world will always rival, contend with things for our hearts. Uh, oh yeah, we don't know. we're up there. <laughs> I'll remember next time you've got a bigger screen. <laughs> but what does rival our hearts to keep it from the Lord? Well, again, it's very subtle things. It can be time. Do you ever find you've never got enough time? You know, we could do with a 25-hour clock. But it can be the TV. It can be something innocent like the computer. You go on there for five minutes and suddenly two hours have disappeared. It can be hobbies. 
you know, Nigel can be starting a jigsaw. <laughs> and before he knows it, the evening's gone. But you know, sometimes we can be doing something that actually brings us comfort and security, but isn't from the Lord. Now, he's not calling us to be monks that live in isolated houses, but he is calling us to have a balance with him that actually puts him first. And whatever small things that get in the way and become harmful and gain our attention, then they gain our attention from the heart of the Lord. And the Lord wants us to have his attention and his heart. Loving God with all our hearts will keep us from all the things that rival him for the throne of our hearts. The Lord our God is one God. We believe that, don't we? Well, if we firmly believe that, then it should follow that we should love our God with all our hearts. One God, one heart. The only person I know that probably might struggle with that is Doctor Who, and I don't think he's a real person anyway. So, <laughs> But we need to be loving the Lord with one heart. It is our God to whom our desire should surely and solely go to. Our thoughts, our decisions, our actions should involve the love of the Lord. They should also demonstrate our love for God in that our love for others. So why? Why should we do that? Why? Because Jesus set the example, actually, secondly, by the cross. But firstly, God set the example by demonstrating his love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You see, God's love is not static. He came and is still coming for us. You know, if you don't know Jesus today, Jesus wants to come for you today. So Dave's word, he knocks at the door of those who know him, but he knocks at the door of those who don't know him in the hope and the prayer that they will open up. It's a choice to answer to him. God's love is not self-centered. It couldn't be because he gave his one and only son for us. God's love reaches out. It draws others in. It is totally opposite to the world's way of thinking of me, myself, I. No, God wants to draw people into him. He wants to spend time with them. These are the characteristics of God's love, and they should be the foundation of our loving one another. You know, when you love someone dearly, you are willing to give freely to the point of self-sacrifice. And God paid dearly with the life of his son. He paid a high price for you and me. Corinthians says, you were bought at a price, therefore honour God with your body. Now, if we've accepted Jesus into our hearts, then we belong to Jesus. Our response to him should be to honour, to glorify and obey him. And that's with the whole of our bodies, our body, our spirits, our thoughts, our decisions and our actions. We must regard our bodies as God's property, which belongs to him and is sacred for his use and his service. So if you have a Bible with you, I'd just like you to turn to 1 John 4, which you can't see, it's behind the piano. And we're going, we're going to read verses 7 to 21. And if you want homework for this week, and I can see you all nodding now that you do. Okay. <laughs> please read through these verses for yourself and meditate them and ask the Holy Spirit not only to bring fresh revelation every day for them, but actually to work these verses into our hearts. We're going to start at verse 7. 
It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone whose love has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might love through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he is in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, Love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love dries out fear, even drives, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So let's just pick a few verses out from this great passage. Verse 7 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Love comes from God. You know, most people believe love is important. But love in the world is usually thought of as a feeling. You know, we've seen the films, the gushy films, and it's feeling. You know, you see the adverts where love is portrayed. They're looking to each other's eyes and eyebrows are fluttering. But actually, no. (laughs) Perhaps it's just me and Jacqueline then. But actually, you know, in reality, love is a choice and an action. Jesus is our example. He gave his life, sacrificial love. He put others first. His choice and action of demonstrating his love for us was upon the cross. And we should be those who display God's love with our choices and our actions, particularly with each other. So how do we do this? Well, by helping when it's not convenient, going the extra mile. By giving when it hurts, putting others first. By devoting energy to others' welfare rather than our own. You know, if we're out working that act of love, it will stop the me, myself, I trait that runs through the world. We demonstrate it by absorbing hurts from others. You know, by not complaining, not fighting back. It doesn't mean we're walked over, but it means we need to show an attribute and an attitude that Jesus had. We need to turn the other cheek. And then we maybe need to sort it out with them under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just have to be there for people. 
You know, you just need to sit with someone. You need to show and demonstrate the love of God by just sitting there and being there for someone. And it can be by serving others as well. Verse 8 goes on to say, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. You know, again, the world has a very shallow and selfish view of love. The world thinks that love makes a person feel good. In that, it says it's all right to sacrifice your moral principles and others' rights as long as you're feeling good about yourself. That's okay. Actually, to, in order to obtain that type of love, it is the ultimate in selfishness because you're not thinking of anyone else other than yourself. Real love is like God because, as it says, God is love. Love didn't come first, and God suddenly think, oh, that's a good idea. No, God is love. And that's how we are to love one another, with God's love, because God is love. In verses 9 and 10, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God first loved us. God's love explains why God created. Because he loves, he created people to love him. That's why we were originally created with Adam and Eve. We were created to love and to worship him. And you know, it's within us. But God loves also explains why he cares. Because he loves people, he loves all mankind, even sinful people. This is why the sun rises each and every day still, because of the grace of God. Because he still wants to reach those with the love that he has for them. But God's love also explains why we are free to choose. Dave's word again from Revelation. He doesn't barge in, he doesn't come in, he knocks. He wants it to come out of relationship with him. It's not out of dictatorship or ruling. It's out of relationship with him, with a father's heart. God's love explains why Christ died. His love for us caused him to seek a solution to the problem of sin. And that problem was this problem that we all were born with. Yet his solution was to nail his son to that cross for each one of us. And his love explains why we receive eternal life. God's love expresses itself to us forever. He cannot but love us. It is part of God's makeup, his DNA. Love is not a word he uses. Love is a word he is. Going on to verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Love one another. You know, it is by the grace of God that we're able to do that. Some people enjoy being around people. Yes? Some make friends with strangers very easily. You know, some of us are shy. Some of us are reserved. We're not all the same. And those that are shy and reserved tend to not have many friends. But we're all different. You know, what this isn't saying isn't about how many friends you have. It's about showing the love of God to the people of friends that we do have. Our part is to love faithfully the people God has given us to love. So whether that is two or 200, no matter. 
Just show the love of God to those that you feel comfortable with in being friendly with. And no matter how shy we are, we are not to be afraid of the love commandment. We're not to fear love because God is love and we know that he is a loving God. And God will give us the strength to love others. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. You know, this is the foundation of our love to God and to others. God's love is the source and should be the source of all human love. If you catch God's love, it cannot help but spread like fire because it's something that isn't to be contained within. It kindles a flame in our hearts with his love that in turn we are able to love others. And we are warmed by God's love through that to others who don't know Jesus. Then finally from this, verses 20 and 21. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. You know, it's easy to say we love God when that doesn't cost us anything. More than turning up here perhaps on a Sunday. We keep to, you can keep to yourself and you can leave. But you know, demonstration of God's love is how we treat each other within this room this morning. It's about our family members, our fellow believers that we're here in family together. You know, God's not called us to be a pew-sitting, back-of-the-head fellowship. You know the back of someone's heads very well, but actually you don't know them as a front person and talking to them. That's not what we're called to be. He who does not love God can neither love God nor his brother. The love of God and the love of man can never be separated. He who loves his brother gives proof that he loves God because he loves with a measure of God's love. God enables us to love one another. So we saw the first and greatest commandment that we read in Mark 12 was to love the Lord our God with all our hearts. But you know, Jesus followed that with a second commandment. And commandments aren't choices. Commandments are commandments. It's what we're told to do, not asked to do. Because this is very close to Jesus' heart. So he said, love me with all my heart. But his second commandment came in verse 31 of Mark 12. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these, meaning to love the Lord with all our hearts and, with that, and, to, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, when he says as yourself, Jesus is not talking about self-love. That is corrupt. And actually, that is the root of the greatest sin when we self-love. Because actually we're denying that there is a God at all. Now loving ourselves means concern for the welfare of our own souls and bodies. Taking care of ourselves, welfare. Looking after ourselves, health. So we should all be down the gym tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, yes? No, okay, we won't be there. Soul, spiritual food, fellowship with God. You know, we're not to mistreat our bodies. Or abuse our bodies. We've looked at one God. And we've looked at loving him with one heart. And out of that love for our Lord. We are to love our neighbour. Love your neighbour. 
as yourself. So to love my neighbour as myself, whether Christian or non-Christian, we are all human. Believe it or not. (laughs) One body, one society, one world, mankind. Malachi says, the Lord says, have we not all one father? Did not one God create us? You know, the great commission, one God, loving God with all, one heart. Taking that love to one body, one another, but also taking it into the world. Because they are human and they need the love of Jesus. Concern for myself, concern for one another, concern for the wider body. Those that don't know Christ. Concern, welfare of soul and body. So put that simply, Richard. Okay. Love God, love others. It's as simple as that. There's no great theory. There's no great books that you can read that will change how you feel in your heart. The act needs to come in the heart. And you know, if we're showing that love of God to our neighbors, meaning those that, we, that don't know Jesus, that can be friends, family. If we're showing that, then we should be honor and respecting them. We should be having a good will to all. We should be helping them when it's not convenient. We should be giving to them when it hurts. We should be devoting energy to others' welfare rather than our own. You know, sometimes, particularly with non-Christian, actions speak louder than words. And demonstrating and a demonstration of God's love can actually speak more than words itself. We should be hurt, uh, absorbing hurts from others without complaining or fighting back. Again, it's not about being walked over, but it's reflecting the love that Jesus reflected when he walked upon this earth. And you will stand out. And actually, do some of them sound familiar, them points of honoring, of goodwill to other, when it's not convenient, when it hurts? You know, it doesn't matter whether we're in the church or body or we're out. We should be reflecting and betraying that love for God in our thoughts, in our decisions, in our actions. They should all be the same in us betraying the love we have for Jesus. And the only way that is going to happen is when the source is the same. And the source is God's love for us. Working it out through us. But you know, there's some areas of love which are sermons in themselves. And I just want to touch briefly on three. Because we will come across them in our church. And you know, love at times can be tough. Particularly in the fallen world that we are living. And there'll be those whose passes, paths who we will cross who we will not find easy to connect with or to reach out to. You know, the marginalized by society, those with addictive behaviors. You know, good intentions won't help these people. There was a person that uh, we used to know in another church whose attitude with love was that they would love someone to bits. Well, actually, if you take that attitude of love with these people, they will end up in bits. It isn't going to help them to smother them. That's not what is going to happen. And you know, if we try and reach out in our own strength to people like these, and with our own emotions, we will at some stage let them down. And you know, people that have been marginalized, people with addictions, probably have been let down many times before. And that's the last thing that they need. 
No, our drive and our action with these people needs to come from a deep love and a deep understanding of God. Then we will reach out to them with the love of Jesus. We will be there for them and we will be there with them, being strong with them. You know, we are called to be Christ-centered, not soft-centered. Then there's one more area that love can be tough. <laughs> I have to read that one. <laughs> that is those who have been abused, be it mentally, emotionally, or physically. If we're bringing this message of God's love to an abused person, we must be wise. They need to know that God's love has boundaries when it comes to their safety. This word of loving one another is not a passive or submissive word. God's love is firm, yet it is reassuring. The actions and decisions in these situations will be different to those that we've talked about in loving one another. But you know, God's heart is still the same for them. That doesn't change. So this is how we should be living our lives. Loving God, loving one another, loving our neighbor. And this is not for seasons. This is how we should be reflecting our life. This is what we were created for. And to be able to fulfill that, then we need to be fully committed to the Lord. And you'll have to bend down for this one, I think. We need to keep trusting God. Trusting God with all our heart, learning not, leaning not on our own understanding, trusting God for our relationship with him. He won't fail us. But you know, our attitude needs to be that we are humble. Our worth comes from God alone, no one else. Work with his power according to his guidance. And also in that, forgive and keep forgiving. A key to remembering how much God has forgiven us, you know, is that no matter how someone has wronged us, how much that might be, God has given us forgiven us so much. Even if someone's wronged us little, God has forgiven us so much. And wherever we set the benchmark of forgiveness, yeah, I can cope with that to there. Actually, God has surpassed that in forgiving each and every one of us. We need to be clothing ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. If I sum that up in two words, we need to be clothing ourselves with the Holy Spirit because he brings all of those attributes to us. So in conclusion, be ready in season and out of season and to combat the world's way of thinking, to love one another, to love our neighbours. We need to first be loving the Lord our God with all our heart. My eyes have gone funny now. <laughs> but listen, that's, I don't think it's the spirit either. I think it's just the screen. But listen, that's a choice and that's an action. It's not a thought. But in that choice and action of loving him and loving others, there lies unity and the Lord's blessing. And you know, if we're all doing that within the body, then the church's roots will run deep. And there we will bear much fruit 
within his church and within his community. Amen.